April 14th, 2022. Welcome back, Overtimers. Greetings, new folks. Get comfortable, sit back. Fun chat today with Derek Dockett, Director of Marketing at the Magic House. If you are new, my name is David Oliver, and this is my playground, OT with Oliver. For those that do, happy Easter this Sunday. Time to say an extra thanks to those you love. $286 million was bet legally in Illinois on March Madness. Expect similar numbers in Missouri next year. Would be nice if we ever found out what the government would do with that. Ukraine, tide turning? Thoughts? Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck are back together. Strange things happen. Three things you should if you have not. All these series are done for the year and all four are worth watching if you have not. Billions on Showtime, Uber on Showtime, Drop Out on Hulu, Life of Beth on Hulu. FYI, if you have not gotten to Pan Asia and Baldwin next to Academy Sports, you should fix that. Especially if you have younger kids, it's like taking them on a field trip. And the ramen is as good as any in St. Louis. Time to thank our sponsors. Have you gotten a customized water bottle yet? Different color bases, space for the storage. Proceeds go to fix foster care. Oliver at checkout gets you 10% off. Tell those in your life that they are vital to you. V-I-D-L life, V-I-D-L-L-I-F-E dot com. So you want to host a podcast, but you don't know the first thing and how to do that? Today is your lucky day. Also, if you don't want to do a podcast, you just want to add something to your company's homepage. OT has partnered up with 590 The Fan. We can do everything you want in the station studios. Packages include production, distribution, editing. Email otwitholiver at gmail.com with any questions and or to set up a tour. Number three, if you like this episode, you'll probably like previous conversations with the Aquarium, St. Patrick's Center, Gus's Pretzels. Subscribe and get a heads up when others like the City Museum will be happening. So, Derek, Dockett, I was in Kirkwood doing business, dropped off a card, it found Derek, and we set this up. The Magic House is a staple, but arguably underrated. It was fun to talk about its history, things that have changed, things that have not. Derek is a St. Louis native now in charge, and the Magic House is in good hands. Welcome to the Overtime family, Derek Dockett. Go to Overtime. Overtime with Oliver, with my dad. Tell your friends. All right, man, squeezing me in after hours on a Tuesday. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, I like I said, happy to do it, and I uh, always appreciate the opportunity to talk about what's going on at the Magic House and share our story. Now, you've only been there eight months, nine months? Yeah, yeah, since October of 2021, I came aboard as Director of Marketing. Um, and it's, it's, it's sort of been a little bit of a unique, uh, opportunity for, for someone, especially for me, uh, native St. Louis and, uh, growing up born and raised in St. Louis, my only time not living in St. Louis was the, uh, the time away at college. So, uh, when the opportunity popped up, it's, uh, I couldn't let it pass, pass me by. So, uh, St. The Magic House is it's a St. Louis institution. I mean, I think everyone as a kid had the opportunity to go there and experience it. Um, and when I got the chance to interview and saw it and saw how much it's grown uh, since the last time I was, I was there as a kid, uh, I, I knew it was an opportunity. I was, I'm thankful for the opportunity uh, and for our president, Beth Fitzgerald, for uh, giving me the chance to sort of step into the role. Where'd you grow up, man? Grew up right here in St. Louis, born and raised. Uh, grew up in North County. Where in North County? The Florida area. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I originally grew up in the city, right in the city, actually, before moving, but uh uh, went to high school as part of the uh, voluntary desegregation program in, in the Parkway School District, Parkway West. So I'm a, that old question of where'd you go to high school in St. Louis? <laughs> I went to Parkway West. Uh, yeah, went to, after that, went to college in Springfield, Missouri, at what was then known as Southwest, now Missouri State University. And Who did we just right on have back. on? We just had on, do you know Ron Goldman? I've heard the name. I'm not familiar, though. He's one of the four guys that started the St. Louis Eagles. And he went okay. to what was then, it wasn't Missouri State yet. It was Southwest Missouri? Southwest, correct. And he says- and, State, yeah. It was Southwest when I was under too. And until he gets a new diploma that says Missouri State, he's not saying he graduated from Missouri State. 
That's funny because I have two diplomas. I have my original that I got that says Southwest Missouri State, but when the name changed in 2005, uh, I actually did uh, receive a diploma that says Missouri State University. <laughs> so growing up in uh, Florissant, where did we hang out with the with the peeps? Oh gosh, I mean, I mean, I was mostly just a family person. Um, you know, all my family grew up in that area, uh, all North City, North County area. So Velvet Freeze is around there, right? The last yeah. There was, so my original house was in the Baden area. There was a Velvet Freeze right near uh, uh, Broadway there, and that Baden area is Baden, the last you know little segment of St. Louis City before you get into right. uh, Belfound neighbors there. So yeah, that's that's the area where I grew up in, but. Yeah, I know, you know, a lot of shopping and, you know, old Jamestown Mall kind of thing. And still have some family that lives in the Hazelwood area now still, too. So, um, yeah, now just, you know, I live out in the St. Charles County area, but uh, a native St. Louis and through and through. The thing that I find crazy about Magic House, the Magic House, everybody knows about it, but yet it still isn't top of mind. I guess that's your gig, right, is to try to make it more top of mind. Everybody knows it's out there. It's just not one of the first five things people always talk about when they talk about St. Louis. Yeah, and I guess that depends on your perspective and and you know which avenue you're coming at. I know for me, uh, I'm a I'm a father of just a one year old, so definitely wasn't top of mind for me until I you know saw this job opportunity of being the director of marketing there. But now that I have a child, I'm now you know I think about activities that we can do together as a family and things like that. Um, I think one thing, that I, one thing that I've learned being in the role is what, who our audience is and who visits our website most frequently and our social media audience. And we tend to get um, the, the, the moms, you know, the, they're the ones looking for something to do during the daytime. Uh, and the other unique thing is the magic house. I think our sweet spot is between two and 12 hmm. uh, age, uh, in that age range. So unless you've got kids in that age range, you, you might fall outside of it. But the unique part of it, too, um, and I, we can t- hopefully talk about more about this later, is that we also have a satellite location that not me- many people may know about uh, in the city on Del Mar called the Magic House Made for Kids, um, a hands-on makerspace that tends to be more skewed for those older kids. So those kids that might be in the, the age of, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, six to 12 kind of thing, um, that hands-on space so they can do um, you know, rocket design and painting, sculpture, uh, just hands-on activity. But uh, yeah, at the Magic House, it's we definitely have a unique audience. Uh, but you know, unless you have you know kids directly, you know, we we know who who uh, uh, who visit us most frequently. But we are honored and, and pleased to know that uh, we still are uh, front of mind for several folks. Uh, as evident, the most recent uh, USA Today had a. Uh, a, a voting poll going on, and we are thankful to finish in the top four uh, of children's museums. So a unique uh, 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 honor for us, many, many years running now, that we've been ranked one of the top children's museums, not only in St. Louis, but in the country. And everybody knows about the San Diego Zoo and the St. Louis Zoo, and that, you know, that gets people to talk. But the Magic House is in the top five, top three, every year since 1980, in St. Louis, in Little Bitty Kirkwood. Yeah, we we are we stand unique that way. Since since the the house opened in 1979, uh, through number of expansions, um, I think one thing that has been evident is that um, being able to have those unique exhibits and those unique experiences, um, those things that keep people coming back. But what has happened over the last, few, uh, especially last few years and a uh, number of years, I think for those that may have not had the opportunity to visit for one whatever reason, uh, is that exhibits now at the museum come and go. We have a, a terrific fabrication team that b- we build our own exhibits. Mm. Um, so uh, like, for example, right now, we have a tremendous opportunity in partnership with PBS, and we uh, will be, for the next five years, having unique um, exhibits based on PBS shows. So coming this May, uh, folks may be familiar with the PBS children's show, Molly of Denali. We will have an exhibit based off of that TV show um, that we are building. So we're thankful for that partnership. Um, we are, have, we have had traveling exhibits from other children's museums throughout the country as have other museums had our, 
our in their museum. So that's a unique um, um, experience there that I think some folks may not be aware of, but also the fact that um, at the Magic House, we've been doing many, many more um, um, events. So um, this time of the year, the, um, the bunny, Easter bunny, uh, we've had visits with the bunny. You can get your photo taken. We have an event called the Bunny Hop going on uh, this week. Um, during the month of October, we have an event called Halloween Magic, where we do all types of Halloween-themed activities throughout the entire museum, uh, trick-or-treating inside the Magic House, which is super, super, super cool. In the month of December, we have Holiday Magic, so Christmas-themed decorations, get your picture with Santa, to get a story with Mrs. Claus, those types of things that I know I wasn't aware of before I started working there, um, we do as well. So uh, I think there are tremendous amounts of things that uh, we've been doing lately um, that are sort of making us set ourselves apart so that we can continually have people come back to visit, not only for the things like the electrostatic uh, uh, magnetic ball with your head st hair standing on in, uh, but also for those other opportunities as well that are new that you may not be aware of. So obviously you're marketing to the moms. Here's an un uneducated, hopefully not too stupid of a question. If your core <laughs> audience is two to 14, can you target two to 14 through social media or do you just do it through schools or how's that work? So very good question, actually. Um, a little bit of both. So obviously we're, we're talking to adults, obviously, because, you know, we don't expect children are not coming to the museum by themselves, but we want to target the parents of those children. Um, so th that's, you know, our core audience. So we always try to find uh, advertising and marketing avenues that best fit um, not only um, our advertising goals, but also our mission as well. Um, I think the other part of it is that uh, we also want to be able to shed light on the fact that we are a nonprofit and we do uh, promote educational opportunities um, through learning and play. So we want to make parents and their children know that learning can be fun by doing things um, they can find at the Magic House. So coming to the Magic House to experience our STEAM Center and our science lab, um, experiencing our math path, you can learn you know, basics of math by doing things that are fun and being hands-on with it. Um, that, those are definitely things that we try to bring to the forefront. On that educational side of it, um, field trips, that's a big part of it. So we do um, outreach to schools so that during the day, those field trips can come in and get a different feel for the curriculum in school where, you know, learning doesn't just have to be behind the desk. It can be hands-on doing things that are outside the unique, outside the standard textbook learning where you can get hands-on and do the science, the math. Um, you know, the touch, the feel, the experiences. That's really what we try to lean, lean in on is that hands-on learning can be fun um, through multiple different avenues. I think the answer to this is no, but you mentioned PBS, right? And about a year ago, we had the folks that put the doc about the hill on PBS. Mm -hmm. Did you see that doc yet? I have. So how do you make that St. Louis interactive and interesting for six-year-olds. Is it possible? Yeah. So that one sort of a little bit different. Right. We, we tend to, we don't go too much into historical type things. Right. Uh, we try to target what is definitely the interest of the child. Um, we try to also target plays, a thing for us. We want to make um, kids, especially coming out of COVID, realize that, um, play is still a thing. We want them to um, be able to have interactive experiences that are encouraging, that are, um, you know, positive in nature. Um, and, and also, again, I'll say it again, that word play, that's a definitely a thing that's been coming to us um, now as we've, we've been actually been going through a strategic planning process with our board. But it's more about that learning and that play. So history, not so much sure. but when the the history can tie in for example another exhibit that uh we'll be working uh with pbs one of their shows is called xavier riddle and the secret museum and and with that tv show xavier riddle the kids actually go back in time to learn about historical figures so in that way we're going to do an exhibit that way so you can tie in history there but again the focus being on kids and children because at, at our core, at our mission, um, we are a children's museum, 
but our goal is to make sure that we are uh, we are able to provide access for all children uh, no matter what so they have an interest in learning and play at whatever age they may be within um, you know the core audience October 1979. of 1979 yeah we are 42 years old end up at that Victorian house do you know the story so so yeah uh, okay. the magic house are our two founders um, the the what started as a 5500 square foot Victorian mansion in Kirkwood um, you know that that location they, they they found and turned it into the first children's museum in the region um, why that location I don't know the full backstory our president Beth Fitzgerald, she may know because she's one of the early, early uh, employees, and she's still to this day. She is our president, and she has been with the Magic House for 42 years. Uh, so very unique there as well, um, and and great amount of history that she has a uh, a great amount of knowledge about. But um, the quaint Victorian mansion has just grown. So from the 5,500 square feet that that mansion was in 1979 has now grown to more than 55,000 square feet through a number of renovations and expansions um, that we have that you see today in 2022. Was it modeled after something? I mean, it just seems odd that somebody would turn a house into a museum. Yeah, um, from what I understand, not really modeled, just a unique location, a unique facility. Um, I think... uh, um, if you look at our children's museums throughout the country, you know, they may have built a, a facility specifically for it or, you know, updated and moved, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, from what I understand, I don't, I don't think the uh, the uh, thought process of, you know, let's build this mansion for a museum. It was originally a mansion that was a home. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess, you know, again, I don't, I don't know fully, but uh, once it was available, that, they decided to make it a children's museum and it is what we see today in a good pre COVID year. How many visitors and then how many last year we have had in a pre COVID year, more than uh, 450,000 in a year. So really, really successful last year. We had more than 300,000. So, you know, coming out of COVID, uh, I will say when we started in October, we had a really nice rebound, um, towards the end of the year, and then most re- most recently, um, this past uh, late March into early April with spring break, traffic really picked back up. So I think people are uh, looking to get back to normal. Um, we had pretty much, from what I understand, record-breaking spring break attendance um, over the last two to three weeks. So uh, it's great to see people come back and visit. Uh, a lot of out-of-town visits, which is great as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, uh, folks are wanting to get out back and, and see things. Uh, and I, I, I definitely, I mean, we are a big advocate for not only, you know, ourselves also just in St. Louis, all the great attractions that we have in town. And I know you're doing, you know, talking to several folks, but it's a great opportunity for staycations to see all the great things that we have in St. Louis, including the magic house. You guys still do birthdays, right? Birthday parties are definitely still a thing. Absolutely. Folks can uh, go on our website get details about it on the weekends. Those are very, very popular still at the Magic House. And Derek, where do they go? We're not done yet, but it seems like I might forget to ask this question. So let's throw it in there now. Field trips, birthday parties, et cetera, et cetera. Where can one go to get that process started? Absolutely. So for field trips, um, they can go on our website and under uh, the educators tab, Um, they will find information to connect uh, them with our uh, education team, our education department. Um, And we have actually a couple different themed field trips. Uh, One of the unique spaces, one of my favorite spaces in the Magic House is our Star Spangled Center. Uh, We have a replica oval office uh, where you can, you know, see what it's like to be president and and a great experience there and learn some of the things about past presidents uh, there. So there are theme field trips for that space. We have theme field trips for our cultural exhibit. Uh, space as well. So um, you can learn about other cultures. Right now we have uh, our Namaste India exhibit that is currently in the Magic House until uh, later this month in which it will then transition. Um, but those are great opportunities there for for uh, field trips. Uh, birthday parties, uh, very cool because 
uh, fans can reserve birthday parties, have a private space for cupcakes and, and snacks and things like that, but then have playtime at the Magic House. So uh, you don't know what to do, call up uh, uh, our visit our website and get the information there in terms of programming for birthday parties. Weekends are always busy with um, – you can reserve a space in one of our uh, – uh, available rooms and have cupcakes and then uh, before or after your birthday party how you want to reserve it have a play time at the magic house for your guests i remember is this right it used to take like four hours to get through the magic house is that a is that a ballpark you know, right you know it's funny i have heard some some folks say they've been at the magic house for half a day uh, and some folks saying they couldn't get through everything so uh, mm. the one thing i've seen is i've been there you tend to see kids that they may gravitate to one area and they do that experience over and over and over again. Um, I think now what's unique about it is that not only with the, the classic exhibits where you can do the touch and the feel, um, you know, go do the, the traveling exhibits that we have currently right now or splash and bubbles exhibit to learn about um, ocean life and, and uh, things like that. Our cultural exhibit, Namaste India, which is currently there and learn about life in another culture. Uh, but then also the things in the Magic House that are just, you know, that have been there for years, the, the bubble space. Um, we have a space called Wonderworks for younger uh, kids, those, those ages, you know, two to, two to four, where they can learn about how things work. Uh, you know, going into our STEM center. Uh, our Do you have center. the exploding volcano? Like Brady Bunch <laughs> had that exploding volcano. You got that thing going on? There is no exploding volcano, but maybe someone in the science lab could build one for you. I wouldn't I mean, be surprised. Because what's the thing you put your hand on and your hair goes up? I know there's a black and white picture of me in some shoebox putting my hand on that thing. <laughs> yeah, we do have the generator. Uh, generator. Put your hand on it and the static electricity makes your hair stand in. Of course, that wouldn't yeah. work for me. I know here in the podcast, <laughs> land, it's, it's not a great visual, but I, of course, do not have hair. I, I shave with no guard, so... Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a great photo opportunity there with the uh, the electrostatic, the electromagnetic ball, the generator, as I just call it, uh, for short. But uh, that, uh, yeah. But I think some folks have spent you know a couple hours in our science lab where they can do an experiment that they you know just you know take their time with, or the art studio, you know, doing arts and crafts by hand. Um, those are those are things I think have been taking up time for some folks. So I can see some folks taking you know four hours at a time at the magic house which is great that's about right okay here's my next stupid question why doesn't the magic house the aquarium and the zoo come up with some kind of a package i lived in chicago for a couple years right and you bought this pass that got you in various things and i don't know how they divvied up my money but I could I could go to the aquarium. I could go to this thing. I could go to this other thing. Has that been discussed, or is it just too many different entities, and you can't group all three things together? Yeah, that that is an interesting concept. Um, since I've been around, um, there's only been I've only heard that discussion once when I was in a conversation with some of the uh, my other uh, uh, folks in similar roles at those other institutions. Um, I can tell you, speaking from uh, my perspective, and I don't want to speak for the zoo or the aquarium or the science center or, or those folks, but um, I know they have different types of funding systems, um, you know, government funding versus us. We are not. We're a nonprofit um, that we are governed by our own board of directors. So um, we, we're not under the same umbrella as the zoo and Forest Park and things like that. So that's definitely one difference there. Um, but then also you have the difference in um, some of the things that we've learned coming out of COVID with hours and admission and capacity and things like that. Um, like I know, as, from what I understand, the zoo still has a registration, um, um, advanced registration uh, system where if you're wanting to visit, um, you're encouraged to go online. They're not taking walk-ups. Whereas us at the Magic House, we have now been taking walk-ups for the last you know few weeks or months now. Um, so we've sort of been open quote unquote back to normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there are different, differencing things there in terms of a balance of getting everything together. And, um, like I said, I haven't heard many descriptions there, but I can understand why it may not happen now, but 
like I said, I, I know those other institutions like the zoo um, have different governing bodies. So maybe that's one of the reasons why that hasn't happened in the past. But, you know, it's interesting. Maybe it could be something that could happen. Well, see, Derek, that's why you get paid the big bucks, man. You're going <laughs> to you're going to change the paradigm. I had a thought real quick. What was it? Field trips. Are they yeah. back yet? Field trips are back at the Magic House. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting there. Like when, when I got started here in, in October, we were wondering, like, do we need to reconnect? Like, what's going on? But, of course, COVID. I actually worked in the school district before. Uh, I, I was working Winsville, at the Magic right? House. I worked for the Winsville School District. That is correct. Um, and, um, you know, out-of-school visits and things like that weren't a thing, you know, coming with, with the COVID situation. But I can tell you, like, this week we had – uh, two field trips at the Magic House, and and they've they've found us. <laughs> hmm. uh, now that things have sort of gotten back to normal, they can be out and about. So hopefully things stay that way. But yeah, we definitely welcome them to come visit. We honestly, we uh, aside for them, you know, we have certain when when they visit during certain hours uh, before we open to the public, we set those spaces aside for field trips so they can experience it. Then we'll you know open them up for the public if they're there when uh, public visiting hours uh, open up. So. But yeah, they are they're welcome to join us and we definitely highly encourage field trips. So those educators, those teachers, those administrators, uh, please feel free to reach out to the Magic House, visit our website on the educators tab and 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 send us a note and definitely we can reserve space. Your daughter's one years old? Son and he, yes, he just turned Son. one in March. So has he been to the Magic House yet? Funny you say that. Uh I, I went to uh the Magic House this past weekend, to, we had an event going on, and uh, my wife had uh, a separate appointment, so I had to bring him with me. Right. So he made his first trip to the Magic House. Um, kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, I'll admit he, between going just to the sitter or grandma or grandpa's house, um, I'm probably much of a homebody, so he may get that from me. So haven't had a whole lot of opportunity. And, of course, COVID's played a role in it, too. Sure. Um, but hadn't had a whole lot of opportunity to be out and about in public, but we did make a trip, and uh, the Magic has a space called Me, which is for those, you know, newborn—not not newborns, but you know, ages, you know, one to three, uh, crawlers and toddlers and the like. Um, and what was that space that again? Space. We might have buffered to do that. What was that space called again? It's called a Baby and Me. Okay, your okay. son's now demanding. Yeah, one year old. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of interesting because. That space, he just sort of was staring at the other folks around. He was doing that the entire museum, but he actually really did get a little bit more engaged in the space we have called Wonderworks. Uh, it's very colorful, uh, but the Magic House has this experience where um, there's air um, shooting up through, and there are plastic balls floating over the air. And the kids always try to grab the balls where my son... He uh, he knows balls. He knows basketballs and little mini soccer balls. So he sees a ball. What do you do? You throw it. So we had a little bit of an adventure. He was throwing some balls at some strangers, but uh, he at least found one exhibit at the Magic House that he liked. So uh, definitely there. But uh, we'll have to. We'll definitely be making a return visit and seeing how he can take the rest of it in. It's like a reverse Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> You're down That's... on the ground. The balls are up in the air. Uh, very that probably only was funny to me. <laughs> we talked about made for kids and yeah. I've never been to that before. So clue me in and, and talk to other people who might not know this thing's about six years old, give or take five years not, old. Not quite the tw 2019 is when it opened. Okay. So what, what is made so, for kids? Yeah. So made for kids opened in June of 2019. So right before the pandemic um, there, uh, but Made for Kids is our hands-on makerspace. Um, it's our satellite location um, located on Del Mar in the, in the city of St. Louis. Um, but Made for Kids, you know, designed for kids in ages 4 to 14. They can do things like screen printing, laser cutting, um, animation. You got 3D a 3D printing. printer at that place? Yep, 3D printing. Those are nuts. They are very, very cool. We actually, <laughs> the, the last time I was there, I saw a kid. He had a 3D printed, um, I guess, action figure he made. And I haven't not, I hadn't been able to see the thing in action myself. I've seen them, I've seen, heard of them, of course, but to see it in action and see someone design something, super, super cool. So here's um, a question. Can a school call you up 
that does not have a 3D printer and want to spend the day there so that their students can be made aware of what 3D printing is. Yeah, absolutely. Made for Kids has uh, field trips and experiences like that as well. So they could you come haven't in seen and it. It'll, it'll blow your freaking mind. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've heard of people making things with 3D printers to replace parts on other things around their house. Like, yeah. I'm a drone guy, and I know someone that needed to find uh, the, the, you know, the landing foot for his drone. And it's, you know, it's a rubber part, and he couldn't find this thing on Amazon. So he's like, I think I'm going to make this myself. 3D printer, he made this piece himself and replaced his little drone landing foot himself. So very, very cool. Very, very cool. So, but yeah, no, it's made for kids. I love it. We had a great group there actually recently from uh, the St. Louis Visitors Convention Bureau, Explore St. Louis. And uh, that that was during spring break week. And I got to see the place full action. Uh, my favorite thing there, we have these uh, digital artist easels uh, in place where not only you can paint, but paint digitally. And when you're done, you can email yourself a copy of your digital painting. Um, those types of things there uh, at the Made for Kids space, um, just just super, super fantastic. So it's, it's really a great opportunity there for us to have a little bit of the Magic House at a satellite location, uh, hands-on in nature, uh, and doing things that inspire and hopefully um, get kids' imagination going. Um, again, for us, it's all about that imagination and that curiosity and play. Um, so uh, Made for Kids, uh, hopefully, uh, if folks haven't been there, I highly, highly um, uh, suggest folks give it, a, give it a try. If you have kids in that age range from 4 to 14, um, you'd be surprised. I, I think uh, we've had a lot of folks that became members of the Magic House and didn't realize that their membership that, that they purchased based on the level of their membership got them into Made for Kids, and they went – and said, oh, my gosh, this place is fantastic. We had no idea. The kids want to go back again. They're making things all the time. Uh, and that's the thing we love to hear about it. Hooked you up on LinkedIn today. Saw you worked at the Missouri Valley Conference. I did, yeah. Spent you know eight years Doug Elgin? You know Doug? Uh, yeah, Doug was uh, the commissioner when I was there. So uh, I he's still a good, he's a good consider him uh, a friend. Yes, he I He's lost my free tickets. He stepped down. I don't get my free <laughs> tickets. Here's why I brought that up. When you're selling the Missouri Valley Conference as a tournament, not the entire regular season, it's about being part of the excitement. It's about being involved and experiencing. So I'm going to take a big swing, but I'm going to say when it comes to the Magic House, there's a part of the sizzle you have to sell. You have to Again, Missouri Valley Conference is not the ACC. It's not a huge deal. The Magic House is not what other people would consider to be more exciting things. But if you build it, if you sizzle it, that's what you have to tell people they're missing when they don't come. Yay or nay? <laughs> so uh, speaking from being on both sides, the other side of the curtain at both the Magic House and the Missouri Valley it's a unique, unique way to explain it. So in sports, sort of what, what sells the Valley tournament, um, and for, for one, the obvious thing, the audience is totally different. The audience are just totally, totally different there. Uh, You're a Valley, older. <laughs> well, not only older, but also, you know, the audience at the Missouri Valley, not, not mentioned college student, the sports fan, but for the Missouri Valley tournament specifically, we spent a lot of time promoting that tournament within the St. Louis space. The Missouri Valley Conference, I think what most folks, and I think you know the hardcore sports fans would know this, that there is no member conference member school located in St. Louis. Um, Southern Illinois, Carbondale, across the river in Carbondale, Illinois, um, Missouri State and Springfield, Missouri, but all the other schools, you know, you've got you know, Illinois State, Bloomington Normal, um, Bradley University, Peoria, those folks know about the conference, and those folks come to St. Louis for the Missouri Valley Tournament. So that first weekend in March for them is a destination, especially if they're the hardcore college basketball fan. They follow their team. They think they have, their team has a chance to win. They're coming to the Missouri Valley Tournament. Um, 
selling it in the St. Louis market, you're looking for the sports fan, you're looking for the college basketball fan. Uh, you, you know, and St. Louis is a unique college basketball town because we've got St. Louis U, and then you've got a lot of Illinois fans, you've got a lot of Mizzou fans. So there are folks that wait, gravitate to quality basketball, um, but at the same time, there is no member school here. So you want to generate the interest. Um, and the Missouri Valley, when I was there, and now that I'm not there, they still do a great job at having things like a TV package that is viewable here in St. Louis on Valley Sports, previously Fox Sports Midwest, um, having those games available online. Uh, but there are a number of alums from those schools that live in St. Louis too. So those things combined is the target there. Um, the Magic House, from what I've learned in my short time, uh, it's more about the awareness and it's more about um, the timing because now we want to, keep the interest level high. And I think one thing that they've been doing, especially coming out of COVID is that creating these other events that keep you wanting to come back. And then your kid can still have playtime at the magic house, doing the things that they've come to know and love. In addition to, Hey, we can go get our picture with the bunny, or we can, you know, do the Easter egg hunt at the magic house. And then we can go play inside the magic house. Um, Those types of things I think are really starting to set us apart hopefully for the better going forward as we continue to do special events, special programming to keep people wanting to come back. Um, but yeah, the, besides the audience being totally different, um, the approaches being different. Um, like one of the things that I really, really have come to learn is that, you know, Missouri Valley, you know, I, I spent a lot of time managing social media. I had oversight of social media and I have side social media at the magic house as well, but I have a, per, a staffer, senior marketing manager that does a great job and, and she has been doing a great job since before I came on board at the house. But um, for example, our audience on, at the Missouri Valley conference was super engaged on Twitter. And I learned that Twitter's really great for sports for the magic house. Our audience is super engaged on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. So those are two different things that people balance. You learn about who you're talking to and what you're, how you're trying to entice them to be engaged in your product. So, again, you learn those things when you're on the inside, the other side of it. For me, like, like still to this day, I'm a very active Twitter user, um, but our Magic House audience isn't highly engaged on Twitter. They're highly engaged on Instagram and Facebook. Um, All right, so, so what's you, your Instagram? What's your, well, give, me your, give me your Twitter first. What's your Twitter handle? Oh, it, both are just at ddocket. So, uh, okay. Uh, I'm definitely way more active on Twitter than I am on. Now, docket two uh, T's, one T. Spell it out. Yeah, one T. D D D O C K E T. All right, here's my third stupid question. Any partnership with the Cardinals when people from out of state buy more than three tickets? Say that again. Any partnership with the Cardinals when people again? Buy third more stupid than three question. People out of state. Buying more than two tickets, maybe more than three tickets. So that means it's not just the husband and the wife. Sure. And then flagging that in a way to let people know that the magic house exists. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. So sort of a family package tie in with the Cardinals or something. And again, let them flag everything that doesn't apply. Not just two, you know, got to be out of state. Got to be more yeah. than two tickets. So you think they're bringing a kid? Is is that anything that uh, we've looked into, or we've looked into and yeah, David is stupid because it was a stupid, it was a horrible <laughs> idea, and we came up with it. Again, I don't want to speak for my predecessor, but the Magic House has actually had a long-standing partnership with the St. Louis Cardinals um, that continues to this day. Uh, I don't know if something like that specifically has been looked into in the past. Um, I know there are some, you know, types of uh, policies or procedures in terms of sharing of data there. So that, that's looking at, you know, I believe the Cardinals are now going completely, quote unquote, ticketless. When I say ticketless, paper ticket. So it's all online. So you're talking about data exchanging there if right. someone buys a ticket. So, again, that's not to say that if someone were to go online and Cardinals.com buy a ticket and they bought, you know, three or four, they automatically would say, you know, get a buy one, get one free to the Magic House. Do the Cardinals um, still do the uh, straight A's get a ticket thing? I, I bet they do. Um, and, huh? I, and again, I, from what I remember, when I was my time working in the school district, they'd always publish, you know, the kids that had, you know, the 
straight A's, the four pro GPAs, they published in the paper and offered uh, the opportunity to get a voucher for Cardinals tickets. Cause I know they do some of that for teachers as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, not out of the realm, your, your original thought hey, there. Hey, but Derek again, Shockey. I don't know if it's been done in the previous, but. Uh, Never applied to me. Yeah. So what's a big deal? <laughs> At the, and we're about wrapping this up. Thanks again for the time. You're yeah, a very no nice man. Is is this something where, how old are you, ballpark? I am 42 years old. I don't want to put, that's a stupid question. Let me see another way to ask it. What are you hoping you learn and get from this job over the next five years? Well, for me personally, I, I want to learn more. I, I've come to really enjoy engaging and learning and experience um, and impacting positivity in children. Um, and it actually goes back to my experience at the Missouri Valley Conference. At one point, you know, it's, it's, it's great. I work in sports. I'm a sports fan. I'm, I'm a huge college basketball fan. Dream job. Well, professionally, um, not only did I want to be in a leadership role, but I came to find out the more and more I got involved with other things, we had a committee of student athletes there and their voice um, became more important. And now in the college athletics landscape, um, that's definitely become more evident. Um, so my time at the Missouri Valley, I learned that I loved engaging with the student athlete and I really try to take it upon myself, especially my last three, four years working in the Missouri Valley, that I really wanted to do unique types of interviews with student athletes. And I did get the chance to do that. You know, I traveled to a lot of schools and talked about not only their on the field accomplishments, but what they were doing in the classroom, what they expected to do after graduation, because not every college athlete goes on to play in the professional level. Um, so that was something that I really found gratifying. Um, and then I had an opportunity to go work in a school district originally as director of marketing, doing some sports sponsorship things there. But I had the opportunity to provide a voice in the classroom to share my professional experiences, marketing concepts and things like that for some of the business classes at the high school level. And I found I really, really enjoyed interacting with the students in the classroom level. So that became, uh, especially once COVID hit and, you know, we didn't have fans coming to high school basketball games, football games. We developed live streaming and we had high school students assisting me with live streaming of high school football games and basketball games. And I love showing them that this is a professional opportunity, a professional thing that they can have a career in. So I think even down that line, now it's just a younger uh, age span and age group at the Magic House. But the Magic House gives the opportunity to show those kids. And again, it's very early in their life. But to show that they could be a scientist, they could be an artist, you know, find out what they're interested in. You know, of course, you don't have to know what you want to be when you grow up, but it gives you the chance to explore. Uh, being able to impact uh, a child's life in a positive manner, I think, is something I've come to appreciate. Um, and that's something that I hope to take away from it, that not only sharing um, the story, the impact that the Magic House has in the community, because, again, as a nonprofit, as um, one of our, our mission statements to be able to provide these experiences and provide these opportunities to experience the Magic House and Made for Kids for all kids, not just those living in one segment of the community or not, but kids all over this area, um, I, I find a unique opportunity. And I'm, I'm super thankful that our president, um, she, she lives and dies by statement and it's evident with her commitment to having people on our board and on our on our subcommittees um, that share the, that thought and that generate ideas to make those things happen uh, it's tremendous um, and she's been doing it for more than 40 years and and trying to grow it in positive fashion and even making sure that it continues in you know the years going forward so um, for me I think that's that's the one thing that I hope to take away from this from this job is that it is not only you know it, it's paying the bills but also you're doing something positive in nature um, that can impact uh, a community a group of folks in a, in a positive uh, positive way that gives them something to look forward in the future you know I agree and not to be too grandiose but <clears throat> so your title is director of marketing right 
here's what I think has changed in the last generation. Asking them what they learned, what they enjoyed, what they want more of, and then trying to figure out how that doesn't make you money, but how it doesn't make you money so that you can keep doing what you're doing. Nobody cared what these young kids were saying before. And now the smart guys who have your title, they're pulling those people as they're coming out saying, what do we need to do more of? What did you really like? What bored you? You nailed it. I mean, we do that in a survey once a year uh, in the summertime to find out what's keeping them coming back, what they like and what they didn't like. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's part of keeping the museum fresh, keeping different and unique things coming and going uh, and knowing what's got the attention of kids and adults alike, because obviously a parent's going to know if their child is into sports versus into art versus into science. Um, if they can find something and we can identify those interests, it, it, it only better things going in the right direction so you you absolutely hit the nail on the head there what's the and we're gonna wrap this up and again we'll meet for coffee soon big fan of the magic cows all the overtimers out there that are listening let's do this again one more time derek magichouse.com correct magichouse.org dot org thank you and they can find their tab that they want to go to right with the field trips and then the birthday parties and it's all right there. correct so yeah on our website, obviously, there's a uh, an extensive menu, but obviously, you can learn about our hours of admission, our hours and admission, excuse me, um, you know, reserving anything advanced that we have of, in terms of a special event, because we do have some online reservations. You can reserve your tickets just for a general visit online, or we take walk-ups as well. Um, find out about the exhibits that are currently in the museum, um, Program any programming that's coming up. So we just had recently some cultural exhibits and cultural programming uh, this past weekend. So things like that are always coming and going to the museum. Learn about membership. Uh, but yeah, we have an educators tab that uh, talks about homeschool, family nights, steam family nights, and field trips, um, and uh, the opportunity in terms of renting the museum for birthdays, uh, private events, and even weddings as well. So Ooh, weddings. Yep have all like those you types could have of the, the husband and the wife with their hand on the generator thing absolutely Does that actually happened we have had that but most folks will tend to reserve a section of the museum uh, for their wedding ceremony and their reception uh, and, and bring in a cater so we have some big wide open spaces i think what's unique about the magic house our our whitaker theater space our uh, like i said our, our star spangled center it's a great one of those spaces it's got a big uh a stage and an aisle sitting aisle seating so uh yeah sometimes those folks get private uh quote-unquote adult play time in the magic house which is funny because we actually do have an event Ooh, in man the, uh, be careful time. you throw adult, adult play time out there adults you might, coming get, to the magic might, house. might get in a little trouble with that. <laughs> all right uh two questions second of the last two is there something that people tell you, I did not know that was as cool as it was when they visit the Magic House? Oh, uh, I guess it depends on when they last visited. <laughs> I had some, uh, some, some past co-workers come see me at the Magic House and said, I didn't know this was here because it wasn't there when they were kids and they brought their kids. Uh, I've heard that of the Star Spangled Center, which wasn't there that I remembered, but uh, had some folks that said that about that, and also about Children's Village, which actually has been around for 25 years. We've had that said about uh, our traveling exhibits, especially, uh, because we just have these spaces that we transform into these exhibits that we rent or that we build ourselves. So, um, yeah, definitely you, you hear that about the uh, depends on the perspective, but right. definitely hear that about certain things. Yes. All right, here's the last question. It's the only one I really knew I was going to ask you, right? This has been a good time. Thank you. Yeah. What do you feel responsible as a St. Louisan to carry the torch when it comes to the Magic House? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, I'd say, for one, letting people know 
And this isn't it. You know, the Magic House obviously is part of that, but there are obviously fantastic things to do in our very own city. And if you haven't had the opportunity to do them, um, please do. Um, Don't take them for granted. Um, I know when I came aboard the Magic House um, during COVID, the Magic House closed for a few months and reopened in June of 20, I guess, June 2020, uh, after being closed, I guess, in March, April, May, um, limited capacity and, and everything. But um, there are children's museums across the country that closed and some still closed, some that closed and did not reopen. Um, so the Magic House is in a unique spot that we've been able to sort of continue going forward uh, in a safe and practical way. Um, and that going for all of our other attractions in St. Louis. Um, I think one of the great things about city, and when you say about carrying the torch and the Magic House being one of those locations, is that there is a great level of support uh, between all of the different attractions because we all offer something different. Um, now the aquarium has come into play. The zoo is fantastic. We all love the zoo. Uh, one of the great zoos in the country and for the price, knock, knock, you can't beat it <laughs> compared to other zoos. Right. Um, so, and, and we often do things like that in partnership. I mean, the Magic House and the St. Louis Cardinals have had a longstanding partnership for years that we've continued to this day. Um, and we do special events together. Um, the Cardinals are having a weather day and the Magic House um, team magic goes out to that event where there are you no know, school age children there. And it's a way to, great way to share the message about the Magic House with the St. Louis Cardinals. So there's that great camaraderie in this community. Um, and I hope it continues. I hope we find ways to grow. Like things you mentioned about, you know, packaging up a bundle where someone from out of the town comes in to visit and they get a pass to the Magic House, the Science Center, and, you know, the Art Museum. Oh, you know, whatever it is. Um, things like that to keep us going forward. So obviously it's 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 work that, that has to be done, uh, but hopefully we can all continue to work together um, for the benefit of the community uh, as a whole. You do a lot of these. I uh, thank you for your time. Hope you had a good time. No, I appreciate it. And, and um, you keep up the great work too, because spreading the, uh, the great things about St. Louis uh, is something that should be done. And, and it's great to have more people doing it, sharing it in a unique way. We will catch up at Velvet Freeze for an orange sherbet. <laughs> Sounds great. See you, Derek. Thanks, man. Thank you. And another one for the books. We will do it again as we do on Thursday. Everybody have a good Easter. Have a good weekend as we do. Thanks for your time this time. Well, next time, so long.